Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bash Mania podcast. I am your host, Justin Bash, and this is episode 65. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bash Mania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bash Mania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Isaiah Martinez, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How, how are you? I'm doing good, man. So we just had Pendleton and Gilman both on here, and now you're joining them with cross country trips during the quarantine. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely been really interesting trying to schedule everything. Right, Illinois is still pretty locked down. Everything doesn't open up until Friday, I think, of this week. So I haven't had a haircut. And, <laughs> it shows. <laughs> and I yeah, I've uh, I've had to apologize for. My appearance a number of times now because <laughs> I haven't had a haircut in probably about two, two or three months. Yeah, it, it's wild times. Well, I want to talk about Oregon State and the move, but I want to first kind of go through your wrestling career a bit. As we were texting yesterday, your career is not only incredible, but the amount of adversity I kind of look at throughout your career over and over is, is wild. And I didn't really notice that pattern until going through it. And even getting started, you got started wrestling at, at like four years old in California. But even then, you grew up in like a bad area, right? It wasn't like the best of neighborhoods. Well, it I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say it was a bad area. I mean, it definitely was uh, lower income and definitely like migrant community. Sure. I grew up in Cork. I grew up in Cork, California, and yeah, a lot of people just didn't just didn't ever really make it out, right? The the idea of high achievement wasn't something that was you know rec- easily to recognize in the community and wasn't fostered because you had a you know you had to provide and you had to work yeah. and that was just kind of how it was yeah and was it hard to stay focused early on and presuming it seems like you loved wrestling right away was it hard to stay focused when you do when you are in an area where people are making it out and they're not pursuing their dreams was it hard for you to stay focused you know uh luckily my dad saw saw you know some of the potential so he uh he pretty much kept me pretty focused right he kind of he kind of supported me in the in in a way that i didn't even recognize my own self at the time sure and i mean and i'm sure there's millions of wrestlers who you know their dad kind of just kept them on that straight and narrow when they were young and uh as i got older it kind of i just kind of adopted it and you know kind of started recognizing within myself that this is this is you know, something that I'm good at, it makes me, it makes me feel like I belong. And, uh, it's something that I, I want to do for a long time. 
And you did have success right away. I mean, you ended up being a three-time state champ, and you, you said that you were kind of lackadaisical with diet and nutrition, and you, know, you weren't necessarily the top guy, but you had so much success. What do you think was an early method to that success? You know, I, I honestly, and I, I, you know, I say this a lot. I, you know, it was just the way we thought about wrestling, right? It was about, yeah. it was about attacking. It was about scoring, going out there and being aggressive, right? Even, even though maybe some of the other things weren't, you know, recognized within myself at the time, I was always trying to attack and I was always trying to score and just having, having that way of thinking about your wrestling just kind of propelled me. And it, you know, gave me the opportunity to, to get with the, with, with better wrestlers who got guys who have been around the block and, you know, are very experienced and, and that gave me room to grow. You know, yeah. So it was, it was just kind of that um, learning, learning to be aggressive and just attack, you know, from a young age, don't not being afraid to go out there and, and shoot. Yeah. And after you become a state champion and then you become an, a state champion again, like what is your expectation for yourself as you continue to get better and you continue to dominate you? Like you continue to win. I can't remember how many wins you had. It was like 200 or something in your high school career. What was your expectation for yourself as you kept going? I mean, again, it's just, I want, I wanted to win, right. I want, I wanted to be the best. Yeah. You know? And even, you know, I was, I got up to like second ranked in the country, right. I lost in the Ironman finals twice to Bo Jordan. You know, he was, uh, at the time he was, I think he was a lot better than me. <laughs> he had, cause he, he just, he just, he was a better, more complete wrestler at the time. Right. And so, uh, it was just it was just trying wanting to win and then looking at the next thing and wanting to win that and and looking looking ahead and always trying to win yeah and when you when you say that he was a more complete wrestler what do you think made him more of a complete wrestler just you know being around he's he was around high level wrestlers you know yeah. uh, it was something that you know the the highest level wrestler i was around was my high school coach and he was a one time all american he was a great coach and he was exactly what i needed at the time, but you know, when you're around so many good wrestlers, it rubs off on you. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. Just, just having so many minds that have been there, have been, you know, to the NCAA championships, won NCAA championships, coached great teams. You know, it, it, it's almost hard not to, you know, absorb all that. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I think I made a lot of jumps when I went to college is because yeah. it was a whole new world. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I'm, the, I'm like, on the first week of practice, they're like, we're going to work on our outside steps. I'm like, what, I have, what's an outside step? <laughs> so, true story. You could, yeah, you could ask Jeremy Hunter. I did not know how to hit an outside step when I got into college. That's funny. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of college, like, what did lead you to Illinois? I mean, you hear you grow up in California and you end up in Illinois. What, what was that path like? Um, I think, I think just, just the relationship with the coaching staff, right. They, they just kind of said the right things. And uh, my, my second choice was Oklahoma state and it was, it's actually, it's actually funny. Now uh, I remember being recruited by John Smith and Eric Guerrero and them, you know, one of the things that one of the biggest reasons why I didn't go to Oklahoma state was they told me I was going to have to be a 57 pounder for two years. <laughs> I, I know. I, yeah. And like Illinois was like, you're going to win a national championship at any weight. Yeah. And it was, I think it was just kind of what I needed to hear at the time. Yeah. 
I think it's kind of ironic now because I still ended up going 157 for two years. <laughs> right. <laughs> and going undefeated nonetheless at your freshman year. And, you know, when you talk about your the coaching relationships, it's very evident from conversations I've had with Mark Perry and just seeing content out there, including the flow doc stuff. You had such a good relationship with him. In your kind of words and from your perspective, what has your relationship with Mark Perry been like? Um, You know, when I, I think the one thing that Mark did great for me is, you know, he just fostered a belief, yep. you know, he, he fostered uh, an internal drive within myself, um, you know, and set the bar high. Right. Yep. I was, I had a decent redshirt year. Right. I, I think my biggest one, I beat Isaac Jordan at the, at the Midlands took yep. fifth, but it was not enough. Right. Cause it wasn't, I wasn't meeting what he saw for me and what he saw within myself. And, and, you know, that's probably the biggest thing he did is he got me to realize, you know, if I do this right, you, you know, the, 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 you know, the possibilities are like endless. Sure. And I know that you had said that that match where you got steamrolled by Valencia at the trials was a game changer. And that's where Perry kind of said like, Hey, like you, you can't really be doing that. And you said you went to dark waters and to, to start to kind of turn that leaf and get better. And I'm curious at how you did that. Right. I think so many people or so many wrestlers here, they need to get better or like, that's not your best. You can do better, but you actually did flip that switch. You went to what you called was deep waters and you made it happen. What do you think led you to be able to do that? You know, I think, you know, looking back, you know, I think I've, I've done a lot of growing and, you know, maturing sure. throughout the years. Um, but, you know, the best way I could sum that up now is going, going to deep waters was, was purely a physical thing, right? Sure. You know, I just, I put so much effort into, into, into my training and, you know, my conditioning that uh, I built my body up so, so much that, that my mind, my mind felt like I couldn't lose, right? I was yep. putting so much effort looking back on that now uh you know now i'm 25 and at the time i was 19 years old sure uh i couldn't believe the way i trained back then honestly <laughs> you know, i i think about the things i used to do and they were the right things at the time sure um and it it helped me get better and it you know i i it it you know it disguised a lot of you know my deficiencies in in, in wrestling Right. There was still a lot of things I didn't know how to do. Right. I didn't understand wrestling that great, you know, and, but physically I was, I was always there. I was on and I was going to be ready to go. Right. And, and that kind of just propelled me that year to, to have that high achievement. Yeah. Uh, now that I've gotten older, like I can't, I can't train that way. You know, I try, I try to do it, you know, for a long, a long, longer time later in college. And it just wasn't, it wasn't working because I wasn't, you know, growing and adapting to, my body and, and the change, you know, the changes like, uh, yeah. the reason I was able to do that is cause I'd never trained like that in my entire life. <laughs> and I w it just wasn't sustainable to do that. Right. And, and you did kind of find your, your groove and it was only a couple months later, your dad got diagnosed with cancer. And here you had said you had just gotten into a good groove. You had just gone to those, those deep waters and, and your training's going good. And, and that's, you know, hearing news like that, that's adversity. A lot of people are just like, hey, I'm taking a year off or, hey, I can't like mentally, physically cope with this. How did you persevere through that adversity? 
you know, I had, I had you know, again, I had good coaches, Hef, Hunter, and and Mark. They they were they were great to me. Um, the 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 idea of taking time off, you know, and I totally get it now. I totally get why why you know some people have different reactions, but you know, the one thing that kept me in it was, you know, this was something me and my father shared, right? It was wrestling. Yeah. It was wrestling twenty four seven, right? If that was that was such a big pillar in, in my life and in his life that I wanted to wrestle, yeah. you know, it, it gave, it gave me, you know, whatever I needed at the time to, you know, keep moving. It gave sure. me something to look forward to. Yeah. And did you feel that as not a chip on your shoulder, but it had to be extra motivation throughout that year. I mean, knowing your dad's in the stands and you're going through something and it is giving you that strength to even go further. Do, do you feel like that helped propel you through that year? For sure. I mean, it's just, it's just a whole different level of intrinsic motivation, you know? Yeah. You know, a lot of times we're, we're, we get motivated by, you know, the money, the, the, everything on the outside, you know, that was purely internal. Right. And it was, it was just a different, different kind of energy. Yeah. The urgency, the urgency was there, but it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't fear. It was more, it gave me strength because I, it, I felt like I was doing it not for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's powerful stuff. And, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole season in detail. I think Flo did a great job on that, but you end up going undefeated, becoming an, an undefeated freshman national champ. I, I don't think anybody's done it since you, and you were the first one to do it since Kale. After you did that, what was your expectation for yourself for the rest of your career? You had said that this was the first time you had a, kind of the target on your back because you were always like the number two guy or the number three guy, even though you were doing so good. Now the mark was on your back. What was the expectation for yourself moving forward? It, again, it was just to win, right? Like, yeah, I think after that, after that first NCAA championship, you have a little bit of a slump um, in expectations. Like what, what is next? Yeah. You, you work your entire life to, you know, be a national champ. Yeah. And most people don't really believe that it's going to happen that fast, sure. but it does. some people, it just, I mean, the, the guy, the young guys that are coming up now, they're so good. You know, yeah. we're going to have a lot of multiple, multiple time national champs in, in the next decade. And, yeah. and we've had a lot in the past, you know, few years too, but it was just kind of re reshifting my focus to, okay. Yesterday's victories don't win, you know, tomorrow's battles yeah and so that was that was kind of how i approached it and it was a, it was a struggle right like when you when you win a lot like sometimes sometimes you just you start to believe that you're kind of you kind of deserve to win sure you no know, and and that that was not the right way to think about it you know I, no one was no one was going to give it to me just yeah. because i won a national championship before yeah and you know, before you even get into the next season, you're struck with more adversity. Your dad passes away after a battle with cancer. How did you then cope with that? You know, here you go again, like that. I think it was around the same time of year, right? It was like October. So it's that same time going into the season. How did you cope with that adversity now? Uh, I didn't, you know, you really didn't deal with it well. Um, it, took, it took me a lot of time to just kind of address it. Yeah. Um, it just, it always felt like, uh, I was too busy. I had to wrestle. We had to, we had to go do, yeah. we had to go do things, you know, it wasn't until, you know, a couple of years later that I kind of really 
allow like allowed myself to to feel that grief and to feel allow myself to feel those things that you're supposed to feel yeah right but at the time i just i couldn't even i couldn't even really think about it in in like a complex way it was just you know i was sad and it was something that happened but we had to wrestle yeah so. Would you have done anything different, like knowing what you know now? Like if one of your kids that you're coaching goes through that, right? Like that's something that can happen. What, what advice would you give them to do it differently than you did? Oh, I mean, I think if I went back, I would do so many things different. But sure. you, know, you don't, you can't go back and, you know, change stuff like that. I think, I think if I was giving advice, it would, you know, it would probably be more like just communicate. Yeah right just just communicate that's the number one thing and you know heading into your sophomore year now after that where you are kind of distracted a bit but you're still like on the mat doesn't really appear that way you're undefeated and you're the returning national champ and nobody really knows everybody knows like what you're dealing with like the news was public but you're still winning matches in big fashion did you ever take time to like reflect like during that time? Like I'm undefeated. How often were you thinking about that? Like when, when Nolf wins in the duel, did you give that a lot of thought? Uh, I mean, I knew he was good. You know, we, sure. I knew he was good. I watched the way he wrestled and I watched a lot of my opponents. I knew yeah. he was, I didn't think he was going to be that good. You know, like yeah. you, you get, sometimes you get just caught up in being, the idea of being a good wrestler. Yeah. Sometimes you forget that, you know, these guys want to win too. Everyone yeah. wants to win. You know, um, did I think about it? Of course I did, you know, like I, yeah. I, I want to win and, and, and to be, you know, beat in my home gym and have my first loss in I don't even know how many matches. It was, it was, it was, it was not, it was not good. It was having to like look at myself and kind of, adjust what I was doing. Yeah. Right. Because I was, I was moving at such a pace. I was moving at such a pace and the way I was wrestling, I was, you know, aggressive attacking and, but I was also getting very frustrated. My, my wrestling wasn't growing. Sure. I had, I had to change something up. And how did your perspective change? Was it just that, Hey, I got to change things up. Cause you didn't lose that many times. I mean, apart from your red shirt year, you only lost to Chenzo and Nolf all through college. Right. So it's not like you had that many losses in college to adjust from. What was your perspective after that match that you clearly changed it and, you know, end up winning nationals. How does your perspective change after that? Um, it, it shifted from just, it shifted from trying to like dominate you know, like to just win. Yeah. Right. Uh, that was, that's, that was one thing that, you know, after I left college that I've, that I've kind of addressed a lot, a lot better, like uh, recognizing everyone's talent level and yeah. everyone's, everyone's skill and being okay with just winning. You know, it, it's okay to just win sometimes, you know, I, I remember being in college and, and, you have such high expectations for yourself and you set the bar so high that, you know, you win by seven points and, and, you, and you don't feel good about it. Like that's not, that's, that's not, that's not good for your wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> that way. I mean, it is sometimes if you know, you're not putting the best effort and you're not giving all you have for sure. You, 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 you want to feel bad about that, but you know, 
if you're do if you're doing your best and you only win by one point and you still feel bad about it, that's that's not conducive to sure a good mindset. And you know, having only those two guys who you lost to in college, do you hold on to those losses at all, or do you kind of let them go and say, I mean, it's not like I mean, you end up beating both of them, so it's not like hey, those two guys, there was nobody in college who beat you that you didn't end up beating. Do you hold on to those matches at all? No, I, I don't think I do. Uh, I'm pretty. You know, when I do lose, it's I'm I'm pretty. You know, like I bounce back really well. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know if if that's just kind of how I am, but it's just kind of how I've always felt. You know, when I lose, I never go out there and and not try to win. Yep. You know, I know I know that within myself. It's it's the the reason why I lose a lot of times is you know sometimes the guy was just better that day. Uh, maybe my preparation wasn't right, but it was, it, it's never, you know, I'm a bad person or I, you know, I, I messed all this up, right? It's more like, okay, what happened? Assess what happened and address it and move forward. And does that, does that happen quickly? Like whether it's the Nolf match or the following year when you lost to Chenzo in the NCAA finals, does that bounce back happen quick or is it a time of just reflection and working towards it? Yeah, I, I would say that I'm a pretty introspective individual, you know, uh, learn to be that way. I, w- I haven't sure. always been that way. Uh, I think that just comes with a little bit of age and, you know, experience. But I, I would consider myself pretty introspective. So, you know, it right after like those, you know, those losses. And I think NOLF was different my sophomore year. As I got older in my junior, senior year, after I lost in the finals, it wasn't just... I, my mind didn't go to look at what I've lost. You know, it sure. was, okay, why did this happen? Yeah. You know, because I knew I was going to continue to wrestle. You know, there's going to be another day. Yeah. And th- that's just kind of how I addressed it. And, you know, post-college where you lost to as many guys as you won NCAA championships, you, you establish yourself as such a dominant wrestler. But then after college, you're kind of back in the underdog seat right? Where you have world and Olympic champions at your weight and you're back to kind of that, not a high school mentality, but like that position where you're like, despite how good you were, you're like number two, number three. Was it weird shifting back to not being the top dog and kind of being the underdog? Um, you know, what? I, the, I think the, the biggest thing I'm grateful for and as, as I transitioned to freestyle was there was so much that I didn't know. Yeah. And that, and to, and to me, that's exciting. You know, I don't, I don't know everything. I'll never know everything, but I, if, when, when there's something more to learn and especially something about the, about something like wrestling that I love, yeah. like that's exciting as an athlete, you know, yep. you, you're continuous, continuously being able to learn. And I'm, and it's still that way in freestyle. There's so, it's so, there's so much, you know, variance in, in techniques and, and different minds and training methods and, and mentalities that there's so much to learn. And, and that's kind of been, you know, one of my favorite things about freestyle where folk style is much more, you know, mechanical and pattern based, right? Because there, there is, there is like systems to winning, yep. right? Freestyle, freestyle allows a lot more creativity. And, you know, I, started becoming more creative with my wrestling, you know, so that, that I, I love folk style, but freestyle had that benefit that, you know, 
there's so many people around the world doing it and there's so many great wrestlers that I, I have an endless, you know, resource pool of information and knowledge. Yeah, for sure. And it's not a surprise that, you know, many people are like having this Dake Burroughs debate. Do you feel like there's a chip on your shoulder? Like guys like you and Nolf are not as a part of the conversation as much as you should be. Like you're one of three Americans and I think one of like nine humans to beat Burroughs in a match on the senior level. Like you're right there. Does it, do you feel like there's a chip on your shoulder? Like why am I not in this conversation more than I am? In, uh, I think, I just think the nature of, of, you know, fans and people that don't actually aren't in, in the rooms a lot. Yeah. It, it, it's easy to see why I understand it. So it doesn't, it doesn't make me angry yeah. because when you know, when you know what you're capable of and you've, and you've ran it through several times, yeah. it's easy to have confidence in yourself. So I would I wouldn't say I have a chip on my shoulder. I, I I love it, and I'm just curious from an outsider standpoint, right? Like I see guys like you and Nolf who are are right there, and the, the funniest thing, by the way, I didn't watch the Dake Burroughs debate. Jordan's a good friend of mine. Dake, I, I respect. I just didn't watch it, but I loved your tweet. Like K-pop isn't dead. I was cracking up. Might have been, might have been one of the best tweets about that whole debate. Yeah, my uh, my older brother and my uncle were uh they're 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 fans of wwe and you know we were we were in california one one time i think it was christmas and they were talking about kayfabe and i'm like you guys are a bunch of nerds what are you guys talking <laughs> and you know these, these guys are they they they're professionals you know my my brother's a teacher he's an administrator and a teacher you know my uncle's an engineer and i'm like and i'm like looking at these guys like how how are you you guys are super intelligent you guys watch wwe uh and then they kind of like gave me the whole spiel on like being a meta fan and and you know kayfabe and like appreciating the story writing yep and so i kind of did a deep dive on it and you know i guess i appreciate it a lot more now <laughs> so you never watched wwe i was a huge wwe nerd huge you know, i'm I, one of those guys <laughs> i loved it when I, you know the, the attitude era i loved it when i was, oh, it was the best you no know, it was it was crazy who was your favorite guy the people's champ the rock for sure yeah, yeah, Johnson. <laughs> yeah he's he's i don't know how he's not like top three for everybody but you know speaking to like the dake burroughs effect when when you you are in a weight class that is so deep and you do love this sport how much do you feel like you still have left in the tank like man i'm not going anywhere i am I feel like it's a question a lot of people ask. Like, we'll talk about Oregon State here in a minute. As soon as people start coaching and doing other things, I feel like they don't question it, but they do wonder a little bit. You know, like when you go from full time training to training and coaching, people wonder: Is this a shift in in pursuit? Like, what do you feel is your future for on the training and competing side? No, oh, yeah, no, you, that's a that's a great that's a great question you bring up. Uh, you know, so this is the first time that I'm actually saying this you know, publicly, publicly, but, uh, I'm, I'm going up for surgery in about two weeks to repair, uh, a slap tear in my, in my shoulder labrum. And it's something that, that probably, I think happened my sophomore year in college. Sure. And it wasn't diagnosed until my senior year. And for whatever reason, I was still able to, you know, train and, you know, compete at a high level. But now that I'm getting older, uh, I have to get it addressed. Right. And I, and you know, I, we've, I've talked to the doctors and, you know, we, I did the whole thing. You know, I've gotten several MRIs and 
you know, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult, right? Because, you know, the recovery time is about five to six months and it could yeah. take up to a year to actually be one, 100% normal. And I know that jeopardizes, you know, maybe my chances in 2021, yeah. but I'm doing it for the right reasons. I'm doing it so I don't have to retire. Right. I'm I, right now, like I'm training, like I'm not training right now, but you know, you could ask my fiance. She's, she sees a lot of it. I'm having to be propped up with like five pillows every night, you know, but just because, you know, this shoulder, this shoulder injury is, you know, progressing now that I'm getting older. So I'm getting that repaired in a couple of weeks and I'm going to be on the shelf for, you know, a several months, but I'm doing it so I can continue to wrestle. Sure. You know, so that's, even though that it might interfere with the trials of this coming year, it's, I'm doing it so I can continue because, you know, you know, I love wrestling too much to, you know, be decrepit by the time I'm 30 years old. Yep. So, you know, I'm getting that, I'm getting that addressed and yeah, no, I have, I have plans to compete for as long as I can. I love, I love this game. It's, it's, you know, it, it brings me so much joy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I enjoy watching you. So I enjoy your, your commitment to the sport. And speaking of, you know, training and plans, you're moving out to Oregon state. You're going to become an assistant coach under Chris Pendleton, who just went out there. What went into the decision to start coaching and, and when start coaching moving to Oregon state to do it there? Yeah. Um, I just, I just had a feeling, you know, like I, I started hearing that, you know, Chris was going to get the job and I, I, I just felt like, that was something that I wanted to be a part of. I, I, I interacted with him, you know, on trips before and we're actually from the same hometown, you know? So he was, he was a guy growing up that I would see his name on the boards every single day when I go to practice. Right. Um, I, I think he just has a tremendous amount of knowledge when it comes to wrestling. And I think he, I don't think he'll ever talk about himself like that, but it's, it's really underrated how well this guy knows wrestling. And when you know when we started talking about Oregon State, he he talked to me about his vision, um, what he wants for a program, right? He wants he wants to develop wrestlers, but he wants to develop good men, and yep. that's something that's something that that resonated with me because I believe I believe that I believe it because that's just kind of, that's kind of you know that's kind of Jim Heffernan in my ear, you know, tell, telling me make the right decisions, do do what's right even if it's not easy. Right. And that's something that I've, that I've adopted and something that I want to pass on to, you know, my, my college athletes, right. College is a very transformative time. And it's a very, it's a, it, you know, you're, you're putting it at a crossroads a lot of times as a college athlete. Yeah. You know, my goal and, you know, Chris's and Nate's goal is yes, to win matches, win who doesn't love winning. Right. But to, to make a difference with our athletes and develop, guys as as men and and yeah help them along the way with wrestling yeah i mean and mark perry said it in that flow doc on you too it's like he saw you become go from a boy to a man dealing with the loss of your father and everything you had to deal with and that is such an important time did all your experience on what you went through personally in college i feel like you went through arguably everybody goes through stuff in college i mean I didn't go to college, but I, I see it. Like everybody goes through different things. You dealt with a lot between a diagnosis of cancer and losing your father to being an undefeated national champ, being another national champ, losing the finals. Like you, you went through so much in college. Do you think all that helped prepare you to be 
the coach you're going to be? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. You wrapped it up like you're you're kind of the sum of all your experiences, right? Yep. So yeah, no, that's you know that's something I'm still learning how to do, right? Is kind of share, you know, with with my athletes, you know, what was my experience? Not just not just from a wrestling aspect. You know, I could yep. show show you a single leg, I could show you an underhook, right? But like communicating and leveling with them as an individual, as a human being. Yep. And I think that's something that is tremendously hard to do but also tremendously rewarding when you when you can reach these guys yeah so yeah yeah i'm yeah i'm having to think about a lot of my own experiences when i'm talking to talking to my guys yeah. now and uh you know i'm always writing things down in my notebook things i want things i want to tell them things i want to say when i can finally see them you know so it's 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 this week has been you know or this past you know however many days since the hire has been the busiest time of my life. <laughs> right. But it's wrestling. And, and at the end, of the, when the day's over and I'm done with like calls and recruiting and staring at a laptop and doing everything like that, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Right. Because it's wrestling and I'm, it's something that I want to be a part of and I'm proud to be a part of, of Oregon state. And a lot of wrestlers have goals. You know, I want to be a state champion. I want to be a national champion. I want to be an Olympic champion. Do you have specific goals and aspirations as a coach now? You know, I haven't given it enough time to think about. Sure. You know, I just want to do a great job and, yeah. and, and just, you know, support these guys. I guess that's, that's you know, that's kind of a, a, a lame answer, but it, it's kind of where I'm at. No, right but now. it's the truth. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I just... You know, I just want to do my job good, and I want I want to make an impact with my guys. And I'm sure the fact that you're heading back out west has to feel good. I mean, Illinois, you're the coldest. I'm in Rochester, New York, where it gets cold too. So I'm sure it's got to feel good to to head back to, to warmer weather. So you're you're moving what this week? You're, you were saying mm -hmm. I move. I'm in the process of right now, just kind of packing up everything in a U-Haul and driving across country. So. Uh, I don't have a set date, but I'm hoping to be there. You know, I'm hoping to be there early next week. Did you find up? You got a place all lined up, everything else? Yeah, I got this. I got this. You know, townhouse right on on the Williamette River, and I've I've never been the kind of guy that really wanted to live in a specific like place, but I remember seeing this. You know, because I I like fishing a lot. Like that's yep. one of my hobbies. Um, I saw this place. And I'm like, I I knew immediately. I want to live there. And so I'm, I'm like bugging these people to like get the paperwork through, get the paperwork through. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, I'm, I'm excited and I'm, you know, I'm happy to be, you know, moving to Corvallis. You know, I love, I love Illinois and, and my experience here at Illinois was exceptional, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm excited about the future. Yeah. Was it a hard decision to say like, Hey, you know, Illinois, I've heard you say so many times throughout your college career, what Illinois means to you and that, you know, you wear that eye, that block eye in your chest and you feel like Superman. Was it a hard decision to leave a place that you have so much love for? Yeah. I mean, for sure. Uh, yes and no. Right. Like at a certain, at a certain point, you just kind of, you kind of feel like, you know, it, it it's good. Yeah. You know, if, you know, you left the place better than you found it. So, yeah, it was definitely di difficult. But, you know, the idea of what's coming in the future and what I get to be a part of, you know, with, with Chris and, and Nate, it, it, it's, it was exciting. So, yeah, it was hard at first, but, you no, know, now I'm moving past it and 
just looking towards the future. Yeah, and, and when I had Pendleton on here, he, he got me excited for the program. Like, and I told him, like, listen, I'm coming out there. I love wine, and that's an amazing wine region. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, I'll be, I'll be coming out there so I can understand the excitement from a coaching standpoint. From an athletic standpoint, you know, I know you're going to be taking some time off here as you recover from surgery, but have you given much thought to how your training will be different out west? No, I mean, again, that's – once we all finally get together, you know, yeah. and we meet at a table, we'll probably, we'll probably get that worked out. It's, it's been, it's been challenging doing everything remotely because, you know, I'm on my phone 24 seven, you yeah. know, like ideas, ideas, ideas. Okay. What are we doing? What are we doing? Who are we calling? What are we doing? You know, yeah. it's going to be nice to be there in person and to interact in person. Um, Maybe I won't need these blue blockers so much. <laughs> I wore them for like two months. My chiropractor recommended them to me, and now they just get annoying wearing them. But, you know, speaking of that, like, what do you think? I know it's only been like a matter of a couple of days, so don't feel like you have to have the best answer, but you seem really excited for this move. I'm curious at what, like, the best part of this has been so far, like diving into a new journey where there's so many things, you know, from recruits and what you want to tell your guys and all these different things. What do you think has been the best part so far? Um, wow. Uh, or what has gotten you the most excited so far? I should say, you know, the guys and, and the, you look at a place like Oregon state and, and they have the support, the people yeah. are excited, you know, they have the backing and they have the desire to, to be a really good program. And the, you know, the coaches, they, they, we, we're all on the same page, right? We all, we all kind of, we work really well together and we balance each other out. You know, I'm sometimes I'm bouncing off the walls and Nate, you know, I can't say it. I can't, I can't say enough about how hard that dude works. You know, he's, he's on it 24 seven. He makes me feel lazy. <laughs> that's good. That that's who you want to be around. You want to be around people who make you feel lazy when you're working hard. And then, and then, you know, like Chris, like he knows so much more than I do that I'm, I'm constantly learning from him. You know, sometimes, sometimes I'm afraid to say some things because, you know, he's a head coach, you know, and, and yeah. so it's, he's got to be a, a more measured than me, you know, when it comes to things, you know, I have like big ideas and I'm like, let's do this, let's do this. And, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we, we got to do this first and we got to do this first. And, and this is what's good, The outcome's going to be. I'm like, yeah, yeah. sit down. I'm like, okay. That makes sense. We should do that. Uh, but it, it's just the the prospect of everything that comes with this move and yeah. and the opportunity to continue to learn and be in wrestling and make an impact. That it's just the prospect of the future and being around these guys and making a difference. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting, man. It's exciting just to watch and to feel the excitement. One of my favorite things about doing this podcast is talking to guys like you and Chris and feeling that excitement and being excited for a new journey and a new chapter ahead. So I'm definitely rooting for you guys. I'm going to have to get out there. Maybe my wife will come out, drink some wine, come out for a match. <laughs> Can't be beat awesome. that. Yeah, well, no, my, my fiance is pumped. You know, she's, she's, a, she's a Pinot fan, so yeah. I'm like it. <laughs> yeah, the the – the Pinos out there right now are just dynamite. So good stuff, man. I'll have to come out. So listen, thank you for taking some time today and come on the show. Anything else you want to leave us with here before we end? No, just thanks for having me. And, and I'm excited. I can't wait to be out in Corvallis. Of course, man. Best of luck with your surgery. Um, at least it sounds like you're going to have your hands full, keeping you busy. It's not like you're just competing. Then you'd be bored out of your mind. Like I can't train, but it sounds like you're having no shortage of things to do. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be strange, but yeah, I'm excited. So. 
Yeah. Sweet, man. Awesome. Well, we'll chat soon. Thank you again. Thank you. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat oh, yeah. goes on. And business.